and gentlemen, hello and welcome to a special surprise Friday edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I am Mr. Warren Hayes. Yes, it is It is Friday evening and I've decided to jump on to my live stream here at youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes to actually do something tonight. As a, Look, okay, first and foremost, I'm doing this live. You're on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Usually I do this every Thursday, as many of you know. But seeing that, look, last night's show was uh, far from spectacular, considering the fact that, uh, that I was marred with technical issues. And I want to say thank you to everyone who reached out. And who were like, oh, your internet connection is what? But it's not the internet connection that was the problem, ultimately. My CPU sucks, <laughs> basically. So I, I worked out some stuff, etc. But you know, the thing here, the thing here is that I feel bad for everyone who came out yesterday and who hung out and who bared with me throughout all the all the technical issues and then had the stream cut off early while I had Kristen Ashley here uh, laying some some facts some data on us that was really really interesting and just boop, just cut so thankfully on the audio side everything recorded so if you want to hear the entirety of the show from last night if you want to hear it, you just head on over to your favorite podcast application and you listen to it and you'll be able to get everything, including Kristen's insights. But as for, as for me, I was very unsatisfied. I was very, very unsatisfied. And there was things that I wanted to talk about that I didn't get into. So I figured, you know what? Just finished, finished having dinner. I'm like, why, don't, why don't I just jump on and do a quick stream? Say hello to everyone. I want to say hello to everyone who is joining me right now in the chat. Isn't this fantastic? Friday night, a bit of a random night out of nowhere. And we still have friends of the show showing up, such as RJ Krasinski. How you doing, RJ? Robert, Larry, Blaine, Mendoza. <gasps> the world's most handsome mod. We also have uh, Aaron Jay's fan who's here. How you doing, Carlos? Zach Shilo is here as well. Uh, Brian Payne. Got a whole crew of wonderful, wonderful folks. Friends of the show. Well-wishers, chums, pals, buds. Amigos. <laughs> have decided to jump in uh, tonight. Thank you, Zach, for listening to the show on Anchor today. So this will also pop up on uh, on the podcast applications. Bob, Bob Wick, how you doing? Welcome to the show. This will also pop up on the uh, podcast apps uh, later this evening as well, um, because even the podcast people need a little, uh, I, I, I deserve a little special, a little something special here. So, what is, what is it? What was it that I want to talk about that was so so um, pressing that I was like, no, I got, I got, I got to take the uh, an opportunity to chat about this. Well. The G1, the G1 climax concluded a couple of days ago. Um, it, it it concluded a couple of days ago, and I hadn't had a chance to talk about it really on stream, and I was really looking forward to it last night. But here's the deal. I, there's, I'm going to go over a few things, but if you want to listen to my full thoughts on the G1, like a proper recap, 
I'll be hanging out with the Blazer Bros this Sunday evening over on the uh, Smart to Death channel. That means myself, Anthony Suter of Smart to Death, and JPQ, Big Paws on the Pup from the No Particular Angle podcast. We're going to be getting back together again to talk some New Japan. And uh, properly recap and review everything. That's what we're going to do. But there are a few things that I do want to talk about. <laughs> there, there are a lot of people. When I say a lot of people, I think mostly Blaine. Blaine is really, really excited in the chat that Kota Ibushi won. Uh, full disclosure, this was not my pick. <laughs> I stuck, I stuck uh, to my, I stuck to my guns the entire way, and I said Naito is going to win. This is Naito's G one to lose. He uh, he's going to Wrestle Kingdom. We're finally going to get, we're finally going to get, um, we're finally going to get Naito versus um, versus uh, Okada again in the in this brand new context. But no, no, no. Gato decided, you know, well, you know what? Uh, since uh, uh, since uh, Kota Ibushi just signed a contract for the first time of his life with us. Well, we're gonna we're gonna push him to the moon. We're gonna give sure sign a contract, get the title. Is that is that? How we, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound like a miserable bastard. Because because I am really really happy that Kota Ibushi made it to uh made it to the finals and won and is going to get a Wrestle Kingdom match against Kazuchika Okada. We actually got a match between the both of them during the G1, which was fantastic. So I can only imagine what they're going to turn up, what's going to turn up, I should say, at Wrestle Kingdom this year. I'm already getting the uh, the sweaty heavies. Oh, already getting a little hot under the collar. <laughs> Just thinking about it. That was too much dick. Um, so... Uh, anyway, but I don't want to get necessarily into the matches, uh, but one thing that I, that I, uh, one thing that the G1 does year after year and does really, really successfully is that it will create stars. It will create, uh, it will create stars or place existing, um, existing wrestlers into a, it will elevate them. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, it will help elevate certain wrestlers onto another another level, another plateau, if you if you may. And uh, there have been quite a, f- a few winners on that end. You know, out of the, it's not everyone. It's not everyone who uh, who had a fantastic G1. Of course, that would be impossible. But there are some people who cemented their 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 presence in New Japan, and by their performances, you can see they're dropping hints. You can see where booking might be going for them over the next over the next six months. Because technically, from this point on, you know we keep talking about the road to WrestleMania. But when the G one is finished, we are on the road to Wrestle Kingdom, and it. It is literally a half year road. We're already going down, going down that line. Um, but as far as winners go, uh, look, we we cannot not take a step forward talking about 
wrestlers who've had fantastic performances and who are ready to move forward and who have been elevated once again. We can't even, we can't start this discussion without pointing out Tomohiro Ishii, who, in my very humble opinion, is once again, for the second year running, the MVP of the G1. I don't think Tomohiro Ishii is capable of having a bad match. I think he has, I think he has this, this capacity to just have fantastic, not just good, not talking just good, fantastic matches with just about anyone. Because he has had fantastic matches with everyone, especially with with guys where, especially with some 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 fellows that we would have expected better matches out of them throughout the G1. And I'm thinking right now about Jeff Cobb, who I feel didn't shine to his uh, up to his typical standard. Thought he was okay, but you know, arguably he had the sloppiest match of the G1. But he had a fantastic match with Ishii. Look, Ishii had, to my, to my, uh, in my sense, he is the unsung hero once again of the uh, of the G1. He was absolutely fantastic. Um, I thought that uh, Sanada had a fantastic G1 as well. I think he's a winner of the G1. Didn't have a winning record, but the matches that he did win were remarkable and important. He 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 beat Kazuchika Okada. He delivered Okada's first loss. Mm, mm, that's a big deal. And that is a that's a sign of where booking is probably going to take him. Not necessarily get an instant rematch against Okada, but you he, he has been positioned into bigger better things. Um Will Ospreay had a fantastic G1 as well, uh, ended really, really strong um, on that end as well. Lance Archer, Lance Archer is the breakout star of the G1, in your boy's humble opinion. Uh, he is probably the guy who who uh, who came over, um, who, who nobody had any expectations on, you know, basically being... In the view, in the eyes of many, was like, oh well, this is the guy who's gonna, he's gonna take the pinfalls, he's gonna be jobbed out, and on the first night he beats Will Ospreay, and he had a fantastic G1, extraordinary performances. Again, not a win, he doesn't have the winning record to back it up, but this was a coming out party for Lance Archer. Um, finally, you know, since Davy Boy Smith Jr. left, Killer Elite Squad doesn't exist anymore. Changes his look, gets a single, gets a single push. Makes the most out of his G1. That was fantastic stuff. Um, of course, Kota Ibushi is a big winner of um, uh, of the G1. I think Juice Robinson is a winner. Because he had a terrible G1. One would even argue he had a terrible 2018. But now, you know, ever since he got into that, that fight with John Moxley, he's been much more focused. They've been working on his strengths. He had a great showing this year during the G1. Um, and I think that one of the biggest winners of the G1 is Jay White. Jay White has been in a slump since losing the IWGP Championship at um, the uh, at G1 Super Clash. It, nothing has been going his way. People have been, and when I mean people, I mean tastemakers, pundits, the dirt sheets and fans have all been setting him aside. 
And said, you know what, Jay? Uh, you know, this is the end of Jay White. You know, he's done. He's not going to recuperate from this. But it turns out that White had one of the premier, premier second halves of the G1 where he switch <laughs> switched it. <laughs> See, switchblade. He truly switched it up, um, went into his full switchblade mode and said, you know what? I, from this point on, I'm winning all my matches and I'm going to the finals and I'm winning the finals. And his prediction came true. He went all the way. He had a stellar match with Kota Ibushi. A stellar match. And and I've said this to a couple of my friends and they're like, what? Stellar? It wasn't that great, you know? Because, you know, it, oh, uh, 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 it wasn't that technical. You know, Jay White drags everything down. You know what? Jay White is the, mo is the purest heel in the entire world of wrestling today. A lot of people, MJF, ah, 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 ah. people think MJF is cool. You will have people in the audience who will cheer for MJF. Nobody likes Jay White. Nobody. Jay White it was built perfectly an old school wrestling villain, not a heel, a villain. As much as I was disappointed that Naito lost, uh, lost the night before, lost B Block to White and lost the finals, lost the 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 possibility of going to the finals is what I'm trying to say. Um, despite that, White got on the microphone and as the the fans in in the audience were all filing out, he was making fun of them. Instantly at that particular moment, Jay White was had risen again. He had elevated himself as the top heel. There was no one on the finals of the G1 that night who wanted Jay White to win the finals. The entire audience in that arena was completely behind Kota Ibushi. They did not, no one was going, Jay White, Jay, no one. The cheers that Ibushi would get when he'd start mounting comebacks and White, all that White was doing was picking them apart. It wasn't a technical masterclass. No, it was a, it was a masterclass in heel work in a wrestling match. Jay White, over the, uh, on the last two nights of the G1, reinstated my faith in him. I, I just, it, there's something that just clicked and I was like, by God, this boy is brilliant. He is a genius. He really, really is absolutely brilliant when it comes to his heel work. He's despicable. He's snidely whiplash. There's no redeeming qualities. He's not an entertainer on the mic. He, like, um, when he cuts his promos, it's not like MJF or MJF will, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll slide in some quips and he'll be like, ah, that's pretty clever. There's nothing clever about Jay White. He's just an awful human being. And we're, we're talking kayfabe here, right? Like, I don't know if the guy, he's probably not an awful human being in real life, but we're talking about his wrestling character. He's just, he's, he's the worst. 
He's absolutely the worst. And I was listening to the um, uh, the Voices of Wrestling podcast, uh, who had some fantastic analysis, and I'm and I'm. They also saw somewhat of the same things that I saw in Jay White, and they even pushed the uh, the analysis further. They were saying that Jay White, and they're and they are completely right. Jay White is the best North American heel wrestler. You know, typical heel North American wrestler, but he's wrestling in Japan. And WWE is unable to build a heel on that level. It's crazy. So to me, Jay White, it turns out, is one of the huge winners of the J1... (laughs) That's what they should... That's what he should have called it. Had he won, they should call it the J1. Oh. Darren Kirkby just dropped into the chat. How are you doing, Darren? Um, let's see here. Uh, Blaine says, Warren is still low-key salty that Naito didn't win. Uh, is it is it low-key? <laughs> is my disappointment low-key? Um, uh, Aaron Jaysfan said, uh, is it Jaysfan? Jaysfan? He says, Archer looked great too, despite losing most of his matches. Agreed. He had a fantastic G1 and his, uh, I'm reading your, I'm reading the, I'm not reading the right, at the right place. Look at me go. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Lance Archer, his uh, his record in the G1 is not uh, not indicative of how great a G1 he actually got. Um, let's see here. Uh, Robert Larry says Ishii is a true beast in the ring. There is... You're hard-pressed. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to, uh, to argue that. Um, and uh, Jason PS3 says bigger heel than Kenta right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I really do. Despite the fact that this, the Kenta thing, I didn't really talk about it either, but the Kenta turning is probably one of the biggest heel turns in wrestling history. I mean, you can put that up there. Turning on Shibata like that? Jesus Christ. But, you know, this is the kind of thing Jason and the rest of you, this is the kind of thing that, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'm going to, this is the kind of thing where where I'm going to see where we go with this. This is, let's give it some time to breathe. Because right now, you know, the shock of, the shock of Kenta turning on Shibata like that is, um, but it, it, it's, it's, we're at the, we're, it's the inception stage, right? You know, it's the shock value. Everyone's like, oh! it's, you know, it's Hulk Hogan being the third man. You know, it's on, it's that kind of shock right now. What they do with it down the road, well, we'll see. This is the point where we're like, well, will he be able to maintain his position as, you know, will he, will he be able to maintain this, this heat that he's developing? Because you know, this is leading into a match with Shibata. Shibata is not supposed to wrestle anymore. He can't take any bumps to the head or he'll die. Might be slightly exaggerating, but he's not supposed to. But you know this is the payoff. This is something that they're going to be angling towards um, towards uh, Wrestle Kingdom. 
And hopefully they can work a style which will be fantastic and will be protective of Shibata as well. But my God, those drop kicks that he was hitting. Shibata. Oh my God. It barely looked like he like he skipped a beat. But we'll, I mean, this is really a, a case of we'll see where this is going. But you know what? This is something that Bullet Club needed. This is something very, very, very important to Bullet Club. I thought it was a fantastic angle. Well, we'll see how it goes. I want to say hello to Darren Kirkby. Apparently, I'm streaming early enough for him to join us from all the way over from England and Hothead567. Welcome to the chat. So those were my those were my winners of the G1. So like I said, if you want to hear more thoughts on the G1, Everything that I'm gonna, uh, we're gonna get into matches. We're gonna talk about other stuff. I'm gonna talk talking about winners, but we got to talk about losers as well. Gonna leave some, gonna leave some breathing room for this Sunday. The Blazer Bros right again Sunday evening. YouTube.com/slash Smart to Death. Anthony actually created the streaming event on his YouTube channel, so go straight in there. Open up another browser window so that you don't lose my beautiful face. And uh, and go set a reminder for that. And if you're listening to it, this on your podcast device, make sure that you subscribe to the Smart to Death podcast. Zachary says the King of the Ring returns. What a coincidence! Let's talk about the King of the Ring. I am really excited about this, and this is the fan in me that's talking. I mean, because there's no there's no reason for me to be all that excited. But this is the, you know, it's okay, they're bringing back a concept. But the fan in me is excited for two reasons. First of all, I've been watching wrestling since the 80s. That dates me a little bit, but I'm okay with that. And the King of the Ring tournament pay-per-view was something that, as a younger fan... You always look forward to. I mean, it wasn't in the 80s. It was a little later on. But, you know, it, it was uh, it was something that we were all looking forward to. It was all something we were looking forward to. And um, so I'm glad that they're bringing it back because it, to me, because because it has that nostalgia factor and it has all this history within it. You know, the winners, it, everyone's been talking about uh, you know uh, the king of the ring made all these careers you know stone cold bret hart owen hart triple h so on and so forth but you know it i just finished talking about the g1 i'm a sucker i am a sucker for a wrestling tournament i think tournament wrestling and my boy anthony suter from smart to death is can agree to this uh, tournament wrestling is the best kind of wrestling. It really, really is. And I mean, WWE will never go full on round uh, round robin like they do with the G1, which is a shame. But this is, uh, but we're getting a tournament in WWE and they have decided to grace the tournament with some extraordinary talent that can lead into some extraordinary matchups. I'm legitimately looking forward to it. I think this should be a lot of fun. So I'm going to pull up the brackets here because the brackets were released earlier today. 
Let me pull that up here. Right up here, ladies and gentlemen, we have our we have our beautiful bracketology set up. And uh, I got to tell you, uh, now, okay, first and foremost, I don't think I want to say too many things at once. Your boy Warren is really good at that. He's really capable of trying to say too many, too, so many things at once. We have uh, the the brackets have been were released today. I think technically there's a raw side and there's a SmackDown side, if I'm not mistaken. On the raw side, let's call it that. We're going to get Cesaro versus Samoa Joe, Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre, Cedric Alexander versus Sami Zayn, The Miz versus Baron Corbin in the first round. On the second, on the uh, excuse me, on the SmackDown side. We're going to have Kevin Owens versus Elias, Ali, Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy, Chad Gable versus Shelton Benjamin, and Apollo Crews versus Andrade. Now, I know it's very, very cool to not like WWE. <laughs> I know this. I know. But if you just look at the names that are in the tournament and the matches that they have set up, I think you would have to probably be the absolute most jaded, disenfranchised WWE fan to not even be a modicum excited. Or not even excited, just intrigued. Because there is some gold, there's some potential gold right here. Of course, doesn't mean that it's going to be booked well, but we have such potential here. So... I'm going to write, what I want to do here is I'm going to run you down my picks. We're going to, I'm going to bracketology, bracketologize <laughs> through here. And um, I'm going to, I'm, I, and, and I'm going to give you my picks. All right. Are, we, are you ready for this? Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I just took a drink. I took a sip. First of all, in the uh, first round, we have uh, Cesaro versus Samoa Joe. Uh, I mean, look, if they let the guys do what they have to do, I don't care. <laughs> Wins. Cesaro versus Samoa Joe is in certain ways a, I mean, this is a very definition of work rate. This is going to be amazing. Uh, but, um, you know, if you're if you have me pick at this point. I I think at this point you go with you go with Cesaro and you go with Cesaro only because Samoa Joe is booked and this pains me to say if you're a regular watcher you know how much I love Samoa Joe and yeah people in the chat let me know what you guys think of course um if you guys know if you're a regular watcher that I am a big fan of Samoa Joe but he never wins the matches. He never pulls out the big wins. I don't, I, look, I'm going to go with Cesaro here for the first match. Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre. It breaks my heart that they're, that they're giving us this match straight off the bat. It's, uh, I've been talking, you know, talking with a couple of people. Oh, it's very, very close. It's so, this is a hard one to call. Not really. Because I think that Ricochet, um, because Ricochet is still very much involved in the U.S. title scene, so I think they're want, they're going to want to continue to focus with him feuding with AJ Styles because I'm that thing is not over yet, um, and uh, I think he loses to Drew. Might even have some OC interference here, but Drew goes for it. 
Uh, Cedric Alexander versus Sami Zayn. Look, Sami is your jobber to the stars. Cedric goes forward. Re besides, you have to capitalize on the momentum that Cedric is starting to build up. There is no better reason to do this. There's no better place to do this, I should say, than right here in this match. And uh, right now in the chat here, um, yeah, there's a lot of people feel that Samoa Joe is going forward. Um, uh, I think here, Drew seems uh, seems to be the easy pick. There's a lot of people saying Drew easy. Cedric as well, unanimously here amongst the chat, people are thinking that Cedric is going forward as well. And in the uh, final match, The Miz versus Baron Corbin. Now, I know that all of all, everyone who's a borderline cynic as it re in regards to WWE um, programming goes, is like, well, Baron Corbin is winning King of the Ring. And I don't think that's going to happen. I hate everyone who says that because everyone who says it puts it out in the universe and then the universe will correct it, will course correct to give you you miserable people what you want and will arrange things so that Baron Corbin will end up winning. But here's what I'm thinking. The Miz has been cooled off quite a bit, hasn't seen a lot of action. I think he's, um, uh, I think he's, uh, uh, you know, he had his win over Dolph Ziggler, very decisive win over Dolph, Dolph Ziggler on Monday. I think he has momentum going in. But I agree, I think Baron Corbin is going to win. <laughs> Nonetheless, he's going to go forward this round. Ah, see, that was, that's a good old-fashioned swerve right there. And uh, everyone, everyone that boo, you fucks in the chat, King Corbin. Um, so, as it stands, uh, in my first round on the Raw side, uh, I have uh, Cesaro, Drew, uh, Cedric, and Baron Corbin going forward. On the SmackDown side, Kevin Owens is... I mean, if he loses to Elias, there's no justice in the world. Uh, anyway, so Kevin Owens is going is going for it. <clears throat> Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy. You guys know, I mean, I, I watched 205 Live religiously. I was there when Ali and Buddy Murphy created each other in their epic feud from last year. If you haven't seen any of it, I highly suggest you whip open the network. <coughs> excuse me, and you check it out because they had some badass matches. The matches, the matches that caught um, caught enough attention for Mustafa Ali to be called up and for Buddy Murphy to get his push as a dominant cruiserweight champion. Uh, so I am entirely 100% looking forward to these two guys working their chemistry together it's going to be amazing. But I think Buddy Murphy goes forward. You have to keep his momentum going. He had an incredible showing against uh, against uh, uh, Roman last week. And if you are going to take the opportunity of the King of the Ring to create new stars, this is how you do it right here. It's, it's a shoe-in right here. And uh, a lot of people here will... KO, I think, is a... Uh, I think... A, uh, Kevin Owens is uh, is a shoe in here, and uh, and yeah, Buddy Murphy everywhere. Uh, Buddy Murphy everywhere. I think everyone is is expecting that one. Um, and Robert Larry says Ollie versus Murphy will be another classic match. It has to be. It will probably be, especially if they give them time. And yes, thank you, Hothead. I review two hundred five live for FightfulSelect.com every Wednesday night. 
review 205 Live, NXT, and NXT UK as well. Every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, live for subscribers of Fightful Select. <laughs> I, love, I love pulling out my promo voice. <laughs> Former tag team partners, Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. Some good stuff there. I see Chad Gable going over. He has, uh, he had some amazing matches on 205 Live with, um, with Jack Gallagher. You can feel that they're looking, they're 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 looking to give Chad Gable his niche here to find a little nook in which he they, he he can be inserted, uh, and just let him fly, and. I've said this once, and everyone pretty much seems to agree with me in the chat. I've said this once, and I'll say it again. Chad Gable is a modern-day Kurt Angle. He has the ring work. He has the background. He has uh, uh, the legitimacy of a fighter. He can talk. He's charismatic. He can do comedy. He can do serious. The guy, I, honestly, I do not understand why WWE has not pulled the trigger on this guy because he literally is a 2000, a 2K10, 2K15, 2K20 Kurt Angle. He is outstanding. So Chad will go forward here. And as for Apollo Crews versus Andrade, I don't think this is the part of the this is where they start the Apollo Crews push. I don't think so. So, I don't know what you guys think of the chat, but yeah, Andrade goes over, right? Almost has to go over. Of course. Yeah, people in the chat are saying that it's Andrade. Of course, it makes sense. So, on the, so, uh, on the SmackDown side, we'll call it the SmackDown side for now until they start proving us wrong. <laughs> I have Kevin Owens, uh, Mustafa Ali, Chad Gable and Andrade going over. And if you are not excited for those brackets, you don't have a pulse. <laughs> Let's go back to the raw side. Um, so for the uh, for the second round, I have um, the quarterfinals, basically. Uh, I have uh, Samoa Joe versus... No, sorry. Cesaro versus Drew McIntyre. I'm not going to... Uh, I think Drew moves forward here. And it's going to be, see, this is the, this is another reason why I want Cesaro versus Drew. Because I want Cesaro versus Drew. I want Cesaro and Drew to lay into each other. I want them to beat the shit out of each other. I want this to be the, one of these matches where Cesaro pulls off these astounding feats of strength where you're like, my God, how is he doing this? Drew is like seven foot million. I'm exaggerating. But like, you know, this is what I want out of this match. And Drew is going to go over in hopefully what will be a spectacular match here. I don't know what you guys think here if we're if you're following my if you're following my thought process. Darren says in his bracketology, Darren in the chat says in my bracketology, Drew beats Joe. And Blaine is going with an upset here. He'd say Cesaro goes over. Not entirely about um, not entirely impossible because Cesaro is a Paul Heyman guy. And you'll notice that once Paul started to get a little more 
uh, a little more say in what's going on in the shows. We're seeing Cesaro more. He's got, he did get a couple of wins and he is, you know, he's not wrestling as a jabroni anymore. Cedric Alexander versus Baron Corbin. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where I think you, this is, this is one of these moments where you say, this is where you start building stars. This is where you build new stars. You have Cedric Alexander defeating Baron Corbin. You have an instant baby face. You have the underdog. You have the guy, everyone that you have the guy, everyone will be rooting for. Yes, that will give us Drew and Cedric Alexander in the, uh, in the semifinals, but who gives a shit? That's exactly how it's supposed to go. That's exactly how it should go. You have your monster dominant heel versus your scrappy baby face who just got, who just won two big matches against Zayn, against Corbin, two guys that the audience hates, like heels and Baron Corbin, not just because he's a heel, because he's terrible. And that's how it goes. And I'm going to give you a reason. I'm going to, I'm, the only way Baron Corbin, and I'm calling this, the only way Baron Corbin is winning the King of the Ring is if Ricochet wins his match against Drew, which I don't think is happening. But the only way Baron will advance and win is if he defeats baby faces. At the top, you will notice in the top uh, the top four brackets, we have Cesaro Samoa Joe, two heels, Drew McIntyre, third heel, Ricochet is the only baby face there. Baron Corbin cannot fight another ba- another heel. He just can't. He needs to fight. He needs to fight an opposite alignment of his. So he fights the Miz. He's a babyface. He defeats Cedric Alexander. Sure, but this will happen. Mark my words. I want you guys to write this down. Put it on a sheet of paper. Tweet it out. The, if Ricochet defeats Drew McIntyre in the first round of the King of the Ring then I am all in, I I am all aboard Baron Corbin winning King of the Ring. Not that I want to, but that's what's going to make sense. So basically, uh, basically what we'll end up having, if we follow my bracketology, we'll end up having Drew McIntyre versus Cedric Alexander, which will be a rematch of their unsettled business. So this is why this booking makes sense. It's not only that you have a great monster heel versus your scrappy baby face that's clawed his way and defeated the mean old heels, but they've got history. So you've got the backstory on top of that. Their recent matches that were fantastic. Why wouldn't WWE spoil us for once and give us that match in the semifinals? That's why Baron Corbin going forward doesn't make sense because you're killing your brackets. You're killing everything. Kristen Ashley, how you doing? So obviously that means on my end that, you know, Cedric will try his best, but Drew McIntyre will pull out a hard-fought win in the semifinals of the King of the Ring and he will head in the finals on the Raw side. As far as SmackDown, are you kidding me? Are you kidding Kevin Owens versus Buddy Murphy. Are you kidding me? Who? I'm taking a poll right now. If, if Right now, if you are in the chat and you do not want to see Kevin Owens versus Elias, press P. P as in... Uh, P as in pestilence upon your family. If you don't want to see Kevin Owens fight Buddy Murphy. 
that has to be that has to be right. That has I mean this is why they constructed this bracket. You're typing P. You don't want to see Kevin Owens versus Buddy Murphy, Carlos Zachary. The pox upon your fire. Michael Stepney, how you doing, by the way? But what are you? A pox upon you and your family. Jesus. And then on the other end, uh, the bottom rung of the brackets, uh, uh, you have Chad Gable versus uh, versus Andrade. Um, and Chad Gable versus Andrade is going to be fantastic. Are you kidding me? This is another, this is another amazing match that we are, that we are quite potentially looking forward to, that we are staring down. But my brackets, as far as my brackets go, I think Kevin Owens goes over Buddy Murphy because, because I think Kevin has to go very far here. I think they're giving him a very big push. And this will be reflected in King of the Ring. And I think Andrade will go over Chad Gable. Because if Kevin Owens goes over, then you need to have a strong heel to go along with them. And why, again, would you not want to see Kevin Owens versus Andrade? That's going to be hard hitting. It's going to be violent. We don't give, I don't think people give Andrade enough credit for how hard he hits. How deliberate he is in his strikes. He's fantastic. So, I think Chad Gable is going to have some fantastic matches, but I think this is where his tournament is going to end. And we are going to end up in the semifinals having Kevin Owens versus Andrade Cien Um, Oh, yeah, now everyone's backtracking in the chat. You know, it's, oh, no, I don't want pestilence upon my family. No, I, do, oh, I was kidding. It'd be... <laughs> yeah, sure. But Kevin Owens versus Almas will be absolutely fantastic. And if we are putting Drew McIntyre in the finals on the other, on one end, you got to have Kevin Owens on the other. And folks... Drew McIntyre versus Kevin Owens. I think what this they're they're going to do the finals at Survivor Series. Is that what they called? In a fantastic match with all sorts of um with all sorts of stakes here. <gasps> Sign me up. Drew has been on a tear. Drew has been pulling out some massively innovative offense. And Kevin Owens, a guy like Drew McIntyre will allow Kevin Owens to just pull out some crazy shit as well. So Kevin as well is going to be well served in this kind of match. And I am definitely looking forward to King Drew McIntyre. <laughs> He's my winner. Who are you? Who do you guys have in the... Look at Darren Kirby in the chat. Corbin versus Owens final. My God. You, I hope that WWE will have learned their lesson in regards to putting uh, Baron Corbin in big match situations. I really do. I'd like to know who you guys... Um, I'd, I'd really like to know who you guys think is going to win the uh, the King of the Ring. Who you, Who's your pick? I mean, I went through my own bracketology here. And, you know, I'm kind of... A, you know, sitting around here and assuming that you guys all agree, which, you know, you probably don't. That's that's okay. 
That's fine. That's that's why we have a diversity of uh, of wrestling opinions. Not everyone has to stick around with you know has to stick with what one middle aged white guy says. Jason PS3 says King Drew and Aaron as well. King Kevin for Ke- for Darren Kirby and you know that's that's not hard to get behind. King Buddy Murphy says Blaine. Well, you know it, these are all great choices. Oh, and John JPQ just jumped in as we're finished, how, as we're ending, uh, ending our chat about King of the Ring and, um, and yeah, there we go. Kristen Ashley says Lynch, Becky Lynch is not in the King of the Ring tournament and let's have some fun just before we wrap up. Let's say WWE, let's say WWE ends up doing a Queen of the Ring because you know they're going to do that. For evolution. <laughs> Let's say WWE decided to uh to do Queen of the Ring. Who would we put in there? Who would we get in there? Who uh who would be our quarterfinalists? Not the semifinalists, the quarterfinalists. Who would we put in there? Um considering the 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 landscape that exists right now, right now, yes, Sasha is back, you know, kind of thing. Becky's a champ. Bailey's a champ. Who who do we put in here? I'd you know, I you know I'd in the quarterfinals I would put um in the quarterfinals I'd put uh, uh, uh well Charlotte of course Charlotte has to be in there in in some capacity I think you put Liv Morgan in there Liv Morgan having the uh you know the breakout performance letting her fly uh fly on her own for a little bit uh I think you put Ember Moon of course. Who else do we got? We have Asuka. Oh, there's some people that are even calling up. Why not bring in some NXT folks in here? Shayna Baszler, Candice LeRae. That'd be great. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Aaron says Charlotte would be mad if there was a queen of the ring. Well, that'd just motivate her to win, right? Like she'd have to win. <laughs> Ruby Riot, oh my God, if she, the minute that she's healthy, I cannot wait for her to come back. There'd be so many great, great women to put in there. Jason PS3 says, let's get EO versus Asuka in here. Tegan Knox, who's been healed up and she's ready to go. Do you you put, uh, what about, um, what about Dana Brooke? Dana Brooke could be another breakout performer here, you know, a la uh, Chad Gable. Or Cedric Alexander here, you know, give her, give, uh, give her the, uh, give her the, uh, the unexpected push, you know, the let's get behind this Cinderella story kind of thing. I think Dana Brooke is someone, someone you can't leave behind. That'd be interesting. Would you, ha- would, would Charlotte wing win Queen of the Ring? She probably would, but she did, wouldn't need to. This is where I think you would definitely take the opportunity to build someone new in the uh, in the women's division on main roster and you give it to someone like Ember Moon you give it to someone like uh Sonya Deville someone who is on the cusp of greatness and who just needs that little just that that little nudge forward that'd be fantastic well ladies and gentlemen i'm going to wrap this up this surprise stream where we got to talk about tournaments 
It was a fun time. I enjoyed it. This was this was a this was a good time. I don't know if it's if it's the Friday, the fact that it's Friday, but this was like woo, very very loose. It was a lot of fun, and I'm glad everyone showed up here tonight. I can't thank you enough. Remember. If you haven't already, give the video a like, a thumbs up. If you're watching live or if you're watching on demand, give it a thumbs up. That stuff always light, always works. Drop into the comments. Let me know who you think should win King of the Ring. Why don't you write out your bracketology in the comments right there? Are you listening to this on your favorite podcast application? Give it a, a like, a follow, a review, whatever it is that you can do to show some love. That also Helps out quite a great lot. I'm so glad everything went off without a hitch. I got. I just have to say that out loud. Put it out into the universe. Maybe I'm jinxing, jinxing myself for my next stream. But everything went smooth as butter. Well, I am glad. I am really, really glad. And I'm glad everyone here uh, decided to show up. Uh, remember, I'm thinking about this. I'm. It's mulling in the back of my head. But since we have King of the Rings starting this Monday, I'm thinking maybe a couple of watch-alongs next week. Be sure to follow me on uh, Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes to see if I decide to go ahead with that wacky, nutty idea. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again so very much for joining me this evening, and I'll see you next time.